the control room. All right, all right. Everybody starts with all right, all right, right? Is it, that's the thing? No? Welcome to the Control Room Podcast. I'm your host, Rez. I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Kobe Groves. Um, I met Kobe back in 2009 while we both were attending Full Sail University in the Recording Arts Degree Program. Um, like to introduce yourself to maybe the one or two people listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll be one of them. Uh, yeah, Matt and I met uh, in 2009, as he mentioned. Uh, Full Sail University, we both entered the Recording Arts Associates program. I'm not sure what their programs are like now, but at the time it was a Recording Arts Associates degree. Uh, and yeah, we both wanted to go there. And I don't, I don't think that the Associates degree program is a thing anymore. I think it's just bachelors now. I don't even think you have the option. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it used to be that you would get the associates and then some people would stay. So uh, let's talk about that, right? Because yeah. you were one of the people that, that stood. Yeah. You went to the, the what, what was the degree after music production or music business? Music business, yeah. Right. So um, what was your experience like? Yeah, it was, well, if you remember, uh, the Recording Arts Associates program had, you know, we started that first class and there were like 75 people in the classroom or yeah, something Yeah, I definitely like that. remember that. And by the end of the program, many had dropped out or failed or took a month off. That first day when we uh, opened up the, what was it called, Project Lunchbox, and we got like the MacBooks and everybody yeah. was just so happy and yeah. excited. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I remember because there was a very funny story. This guy who you know, Shad Skrills. Oh, yeah, my man, Shad Skrills. Uh, he uh, he sat next to me and I was just trying to meet, and I was just trying to meet other people, you know, because it's like very intimidating. And uh, I had this big background. I had to show off my personality. Some background on my computer was MF Doom. And uh, just to let everybody know. Uh, so you purposely did that? Yeah, it's okay. like advertising, you know. It's <laughs> like, don't talk to me unless you like Mad Villain. Or I don't know what I was doing. But I remember I was talking to him, and, I, and I, I saw him look at the screen. And then a few minutes later, he was like, yeah, what kind of rappers do you listen to? You know, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I didn't really answer. And he was like, yeah, I like MF Doom a lot. And you could tell. And I was like, oh, he's trying to make. A friend to. He's yeah, not definitely. Like that story, but uh, well, anyway, it, music business was completely different because you know we went from recording arts, which had seventy-five people or something like that. At the end of it, it had maybe forty-five or thirty-five. It was way know. less than yeah. that, bro. It I think it was like that. maybe thirty of us that like yeah. graduated. Well, then the record or the music business started, and it was like six people in the class. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was, it was much smaller. Tiny. Classes were much smaller. The class, the classrooms were the same size, which was what was funny. <laughs> but you would have just six people spread out over this whole thing. What, what were the labs like at the time? Because I remember being so excited just to go to labs. We would do like four hour lectures, and I would get through it the whole day, just knowing at the end of this, I'm going to be in the studio for another four hours at yeah. a lab. So, what were your music production or music business? I keep saying music production, but your music business labs like. Ah, uh, Christ. Yeah, we might not have had labs. Everything was just like, a, it felt like a lecture and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. We, we would do projects still and, 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 you know, we would, but we mostly, it was, it was all lecture based pretty much. Um, would you say that you enjoyed it or was it something that you just did kind of just to further your education in the music industry? Yeah, I was, I, I figured if I was going to live in Florida for any period of my life, I would at least come out of it with, you know. Two degrees. Oh, you know. nice. Yeah, fancy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, look where it got me. Um, no, it was. Uh, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't near as enjoyable as recording arts. I mean, we all went there to study recording arts, and the people that really they, there were two types of people. I feel like that held out from the music business, and it was people like me that were just trying to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah, and then there were people that that were just like eager to get out there and start like. Uh, like exploiting artists or something like that, you know, like recording arts with so many artists and people that just wanted to make better beats or, or engineer better, whatever, learn, learn the trade. 
uh, because it was a trade, you know, and then music business was just, you know, kind of a bogus, almost pseudo philosophical idea. Of a, yeah. Cause at the end of the industry. day, it, it's still business, right? Yeah. So you're still going to learn that the actual business side of music, it's not really as creative as when we were in the recording arts yeah. degree program. Yeah. People that wanted to learn about contracts didn't go to full sell. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah, definitely. People that went to full sell saw the studios on the website and yeah. did the did the backstage the tour, behind the scenes tour. Shit, yeah. yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, this is my shit." Yeah, definitely. But if you wanted to learn business, you just went to whatever local, whatever school your friends went to, you or know? community college. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So, I wanna I wanna talk to you more about full sell, but there's so many things to talk about full sell. I don't even know where to begin because I feel like. We were only together, I would say, maybe 11 or 12 months during yeah. that time. But to me, it's such a vivid time in my life that it feels like it was years. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some moments in my life that were very short that it just feels like I lived that moment for a very long time because yeah. the, the memories are so vivid. Well, Vladimir Lenin once said, uh, <laughs> he said, there are decades where nothing happens and then there are weeks where decades happen. That's true. Wise man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out um, Vladimir Lenin. Yeah, shout out to him. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay, so I wanna I wanna go a little bit, you know, before full sale, because um, we spoke on the thought processes that you wanted to, you know, just get your beats better. Yeah, you weren't really thinking about like as far as um, going to school for any type of reason. You just were very passionate for music and you wanted to further pursue that, right? Yeah. So after doing that, while you were attending full sale. Um, did anything change during that aspect as far as like um, what you wanted to do with music? Was it still the same vision and goal that you had in mind? Yeah. When I started, I don't think I, I didn't have like a, a fully articulated vision of, of what would happen after this. You know, I thought, because beforehand I thought, oh, I'm just going to go there. I'm going to learn how to mix my beats better and then, and then that'll be cool. You know, uh, and I'll have a college degree so dad can get off my back. You got a twofer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but then what happened was, you know, you, you go into those studios and you actually record stuff and mix stuff and you, you really do fall in love with like the process. And I fell in love with the science of it. Like, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, so, you know, I guess what my, what changed in my thought process was like, uh, going in, I, I just wanted to, to make better beats and then coming out of it, I just thought, I just want to make, I just want to help people make their music i, I want to be the engineer i want to you know it, 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 there was so much more that seemed appealing yeah definitely i think um i would say probably the same for me right like um as you know when i started full so i went into it with a mindset that i was coming from an artist perspective i thought that me by me engineering it was going to further my career as an artist and then while i was in full sale i i too did fall in love with the science behind it um you know, listening to songs before they were mixed and then training your ear to listen to them after they mix, it's kind of like this this weird pleasure that I have. Like, yeah. the the sonics and frequencies, they tend to, like, I don't know, ease my ears a bit, right? Sure. So I fell in love with that whole process. Also, being in the studio, like, I thought it was the coolest shit in the world, just, like, seeing all the knobs and the faders. And it was like, this is where I want to be because I'm more of an introverted person. Like, I don't really like sure. to be out there with people. So... As an artist, you have to touch people. You have to perform and you have to, you know, go to these shows and these venues. And I just didn't want to do all that. I wanted to be in the studio full time. So yeah. I think I fell in love more with the production side of music than the artistry side of, of things. Um, so I would say that, like, my whole trajectory changed during it. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned just, like, the, the mixing of a song. Yeah. I think a lot of people that listen to music just as, like, passively listen or 
you know, don't really pay attention to the background of it, I guess, you know, they don't realize how much that is in itself an art form. Definitely. Uh, there's a reason that certain engineers make a shitload of money uh, and it's because they know how to take these, you know, you can listen to any isolated track on any of your favorite songs and that's something that they would show us sometimes at Full Sailor you could find on YouTube and stuff like that, just like the raw vocals from a song and or, or an unmixed version of it and it just sounds like trash, yeah. like dog shit. And so it seems like the real uh, masterwork, you know, yeah. is is the engineer. Um. I always looked at it like when I was younger, I, I, I was always in love with music. Um, I always wanted to make music. And then listening to like my favorite songs, I would study them. I would try to figure out like, what is it about this song that I love so much? Like, why am I so attracted to it that I keep replaying it and replaying it? And it, it means something to me. And then, you know, just doing more more research and more studying. And then noticing there were songs that I might have liked, like the groove and the melody to it. But I knew there was something just off about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time. But now that, you know, I'm I'm a bit more trained and, and experienced, um, that is basically the difference between a good mix and a bad mix. Yeah. And that is ultimately what makes me like a song versus just thinking that a song is okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, um... I wanna I wanna step out of full sale a little bit. Cool. Um, I wanna get into internships, right? Um, you had an internship. Can you um, tell me a little bit about that internship? What was it about? And and tell me things that you learned um, during the internship. Uh, so I didn't really have uh, an internship as much as I had like uh, I just worked at a guy's home studio, you know, um, uh. And it was a beautiful studio and it was like the experience I got there was so cool because a lot of studios, not to shit on this type of studio because some are very nice and very beautiful. Um, But a lot of studios are are designed for like tracking vocals and and mixing, you know, Mm -hmm. and this guy had uh, that stuff set up, but then he had drum rooms. Like this was just a rich guy in Los Angeles. Uh, Cool dude. Uh, That's all I like about him. Um, no, uh, he, uh, but he had stand up bass and then just like a rack of bass guitars. He had a rack of guitars. And so we would go and he would like, he just had these weird connections where we would be, uh, uh, you know, we'd be hanging out and he goes, Oh, I'm going to have a, I have a, a flautist coming by. You want to record it? Do you know how to record a flautist? And you kind of just think like, I know how to set up a microphone. Right. I, I make, I know how to make sure he's not clipping, you know? Okay. So yeah, what yeah. else do I need to do? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and so I really got to experience a lot of, um, I got to sort of practice with the miking of, of different instruments, which is, is, is a tr- crazy fun science on its own. Uh, you know, knowing how to really focus on, on certain elements of a sound, you know, and, and getting to do that with a, a wide array of uh, instruments was a lot of fun. Um, uh, what kind of equipment were you working with at this time? Yeah, he had a, he had a Pro Tools rig and, and uh, he had a Control 24 uh, board and um, Neumann mics, uh, which, oh man, like, especially coming from school, he had Neumann microphones and I would, I would move like a toolbox he had and there would just be some, uh, uh, one of the U87 or whatever, yeah. uh, just uh, $3,500 lo- mic. Just yeah. Lost there. behind it. And I, every time I'd see that, I think I could just take that right now. He has no idea where it's at, but I was too big a coward. Um, <laughs> I just sold it too, to you. Too yeah. big of a person. <laughs> <laughs> sure. However you want to frame it. Um, but it was it was hard to 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 watch that and uh, not to get like too much into the sort of nitty gritty of his studio, but he uh, he had he would bring the wrong people in, you know, and he 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 was his biggest flaw was that he trusted people too much, you know, and 
And uh, you know, lucky in his case, I wasn't going to steal that U87. But you know, other the other guys, somebody might, yeah, yeah. Some guy went in there and he had a. uh, Sorry, this was a question about what kind of gear he had. But now I'm on a tangent. But uh, no, it's fine, man. We're all over the place. It's straight. (laughs) (laughs) This guy uh, who fancied himself. Oh, here I got an engineer story for you about this guy. But I'll finish this first. He pulled. uh, He had NS10s as those were his monitors. And uh, which they don't like make anymore, right? Yeah, they, they have like a sort of similar model that looks yeah. like NS10s, but they don't make NS10s. The HS5s now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this guy blew them out by like fusing them together. Like, I, I don't know what he did exactly, but he like wired them together, not as like a stereo pair, but just like had a connecting wire between the two and they just exploded. This guy that owned the studio had. Uh, he had the whole thing wired, you know, so all the all the mic cables and stuff were under the floor and they would pop up at certain spots so you could just plug in anywhere. Uh, and this guy just ripped them out, cut the cables because he just, they, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know the thought process. To give you an idea of how his brain worked, uh, there was a day where, where Gary got this new um, EQ, outboard EQ. And do you uh, remember the model by any chance? I, I have no clue. It was uh, it was by uh, it was a solid state. Uh, it oh, was, SSO. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't remember which one it was. But it was one that I think that they have on their boards. But he got one, and, and he was thrilled because he wanted to uh, run. His, you know, I mean, you could do a lot with that. Yeah, right. But um, this guy. So Gary, we had Gary sitting outside, and Gary was playing guitar and singing through a, a microphone, and, and just we were kind of like recording it live. And this guy was sh- he thought he was. You know, this is the little bit of like the full cell cockiness coming out where I was like, oh, this guy thought he was going to teach me how to use an EQ. I know exactly how to use an EQ. Right. Uh, but uh, he's he's showing me the different knobs and stuff. And you know, there's like the the, the bell. Yeah, uh, definitely. I don't know the mm-hmm. terminology anymore, but the... Oh, that's it. The bell. Okay, yeah. 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 And, and essentially, for those that don't know, the idea is that you're selecting a certain frequency and then sort of like the surrounding frequencies... Uh, and how much of them are included in this, and you're either turning it up or turning it down. And um, this guy was turning that knob, and, and he was saying, uh, uh, oh, yeah, you, you see the bell the bell curve on here? What that does is it gives it, like, a more belly sound. Wow. Yeah. I was he described away. it I was as mystified. belly. Yeah. Which, which I've, is never not, heard, I've never heard that. I was going to say, that's yeah. not how they taught it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, he says, yeah, it's going to give it a real belly sound. And he's turning it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm hearing nothing. And I know he's hearing nothing because I'm looking at the thing, and the in was the in button wasn't engaged. There was no audio, no signal was actually passing through this. It was completely, uh, it was uh, it was unaffected. It was it wasn't affecting the uh, the signal at all. So he didn't even have the effect on. And he's twisting these knobs and trying to teach me a lesson about it. And and well, so anyway, I'm glad you told this story because. <laughs> This kind of was leading up to the question that I okay. had. Um, was there a moment where the student, I wanted to say where the student outshined the master, sure. right? And I, I think that might have been your moment right there. Yeah. I had a similar situation where I was working with a major artist. I was an intern at the studio at the time. I was working with said artist, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he was just being an asshole the whole session, bro. Like he he was getting on me. And, you know, at the time I was an intern, so maybe I wasn't as quick as he would have liked me to have been. But he knew what he was getting himself into when he was working with me, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the owner of the studio told him, you know, I don't have any engineers tonight, but I have this intern that'll record you um, if you're cool with it. Yeah. So he agreed to it. But he was just a fucking jerk the whole time. Hell yeah. And um, he was just giving me, like, odd requests. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, is he really just, like, hearing these things or is he trying to fuck with me, right? Yeah. So I'm playing back the record and he's like, 
the harmonies are too low. You need to turn them up right now. The harmonies are too low. Cool. So then I thought to myself, I was like, okay, uh, is he? Is this a moment? Is he being a jerk? You know. Yeah. So what I did was I created two blank tracks in Pro Tools, <laughs> and I paired them together. I grouped them. Yeah. And then I went to you know when you hit like what is it Command uh, Equal, and then you go to yeah. the you know the, yeah, the, the fader menu, window, yeah, yeah. mix window. Um, I played back the song, and while I was playing it back, I moved those empty tracks up, oh, like man. maybe like half a dB or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? And while I'm playing it back, he looks at me. He's like. Perfect. That's the yeah. way it should have been. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool, man. If you're just an asshole at this yeah. point for no reason. So I knew it wasn't me. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that's big too. Like, especially like if I have anybody that listens to this podcast that's an intern. Yeah. Just know that there's some moments where it might not be you. You know, totally. it, yeah. yeah, like a, a job of people that are more experienced. I'm not even going to say a job, but o- oftentimes people that are more experienced look down at interns like they got to put them through this type of like test or something like this. or the totally. ring of fire. And um, I think sometimes that could be interpreted as like you're not doing a good job. Yeah. It's like the music industry equivalent of, of, of people that treat, uh, you know, like uh, food service workers like shit, you know, like somebody that's going in and yelling at a guy at, at Popeye's because of something, you know, you know, I think like, how do you get off on that? Yeah, how yeah. exciting is that for you? I think this is the same thing, you know, like they get in there, they want to know they're powerful. They want to know they're the big dog in the studio. And I mean, what you did is hilarious, but like you did it in a way that's uh, sort of, you, you didn't bring ego into it. You just, yeah. like, you were just checking on him. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't know, you know, at the yeah. time I, and, and I didn't want to, like now I would totally speak. Like, yeah. I would never let anybody speak to me that way in a disrespect. Sure. Session over. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and that's just the way I operate. I don't care if I lose the said client or whatever yeah. it is. I I believe in my morals and my principles before anything else and respect before anything else. So if I don't have that mutual respect with somebody, I can't work with them. Well, if you think about, you know, they're paying you for a reason to do a thing. You know, Definitely. If, they, if, if, I almost said his name, your artist, uh, <laughs> uh, if he could mix, if he had any clue sort of that I don't mean to sound like I'm shitting on artists, but like if he knew what he was doing in that regard, he wouldn't need to pay you for that, you know, in his label, whatever. And so it amazes me that, you know, I guess it shouldn't amaze me because these are, every, you know, most people are assholes, but, uh, you know, you're getting paid for a reason and, and to bring your energy, bring your principles, you know, bring, bring the, what you learned, you know, to that transaction. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think it was a major learning experience. And I'm I'm actually really glad that I went through stuff like that because it made me realize what to stand for and what not to stand for. Um, I think oftentimes audio engineers are viewed as the lowest on the totem pole as far as like the, yeah. the hierarchy in music. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way because the engineer is just as equally as important as any other parts. And that's coming from me that is also a producer. And yeah. I know how important the producer role is, you know? So I would say that the engineer, they say the producer needs more respect, but I do think that engineers need to get more respect. And I feel like they need to get more shine in the regard that some of these Grammy Award winning engineers, granted, they may not want to be famous, but a lot of these guys have like a thousand followers on Instagram. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And like mm-hmm. nobody knows who these guys are. These guys are legends in their own right. And they could walk down the street and somebody just wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, and I, I think like we need to preserve these people. Yeah. Because without these people, we wouldn't have this music that we're so attracted to. Yeah, I think people should be far more excited about it too. You know, or you know, I don't know. Maybe that's like asking too much of people. But I mean, don't get me wrong. This is boring as shit, right? Like, yeah. le- like let's be real. At the end of the day, it's math and science that we're doing here. 
Um, so talking about engineering and talking about all this stuff is boring to the average listener, but they also should know that this is there's an importance to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you would. Uh, you can't go. You remember when you like would download leaked tracks on LimeWire yeah. or something like that? And allegedly, yeah, allegedly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it just sounded like dog shit, and you couldn't figure out why back in those days. And, yeah. and the reason that when that track is finished and finalized and released on time, when the artist wanted, when the label was ready for it and stuff like that, is because they went through an engineer that knew how to take that dog shit sounding music, you know, that maybe had a nice melody and nice nice rhythm, but didn't sound like a song, and they knew how to make that sound great. Yep. And so, you know, I'm I'm also glad you brought that up because that brings me to uh, like a memory that I had when I was younger, um, and I didn't know shit about music. I always thought that if I bought a certain piece of equipment, that my music would go to the next level. Yeah. I always thought if I had a Mac computer, my music would sound yeah. so much better. Yeah. Or if I had, I, I don't know, if I had uh, this kind of mic or whatever. Yeah. And that's totally false. Completely false. Completely yeah. false. It's all the person behind. The uh, I remember when I was young and I was, uh, you know, high school age, I guess, and uh, I was making beats, and there was another guy uh, back home that was a singer, but he also sang. He sang like hip hop stuff um, in this little dumbass town. And <laughs> uh, I remember there was a, a rap group that was put together in that town, and they sounded good, you know. And we would record people in like our bedrooms or whatever, you know. Like a friend would come over and put a verse down, and you know, you try to sound cool. Yeah. And you're recording in Garage Band or whatever it is. And you're like, why does it sound bad? Yep. You can't figure it out. And I remember uh, this rap group had this like mixtape they put out, and it sounded professional. And we were listening to it, and we were just like, "Damn, how do they how do they do that?" And then the guy goes, the guy that I was hanging out with, he goes, "Man, you know what they do is they run it through an analog, what? <laughs> <laughs> which is not a thing." But I, you know, at the time, I was like, "Fuck, I need to get an analog if I want to if I want any shot here." That's now, how I felt about uh, Pro Tools when it first came out. I was yeah. like, "Oh, if I only had Pro Tools, then my yeah. life would change." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, things would be so much better. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah, I'd have a Grammy by now. Yeah, no. <laughs> Been using Pro Tools for many years now, and I still don't have one. Now you use. It oh, for speaking a of which, did you ever get uh, Pro Tools certified while you were in school? No, I didn't. Did you take any of the tests? I took the test when they they. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I did good. Okay. Because well, there was a lot. Like I said, I fell in love with like the sort of science and uh, stuff of actual sound and, and you know, like the, the uh, voltage or whatever, you know, of, yeah, uh, yeah. that kind of crap. Uh, so it didn't like interest me to, uh, that's how quick the drop off for me is, is like if I'm not interested, I'm just not going to learn it. Right. I feel the same way. Yeah. So when it came to, oh, I have to learn all the quick keys to, to know how to, you know, I don't even know what the functions were anymore. But when it came to that, I had no interest. The reason I bring it up is because at the time, I felt like that was one of the most important things in the world. And I was like, if I don't yeah. get Pro Tools certified, like, I'm not going to get a job. Nobody's going to take me serious. And honestly, I don't think I know one engineer that is. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah like, I, I can't even I can't even sit here and think I know of one. That was such a DigiDesign, like, oh, yeah. marketing Those club. guys. Yeah. Remember those guys? Those guys. Yeah, man. Um. All right, man. I think that. This was fun. And that's where we'll end it. That is a good end. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you once again, brother. <laughs> of course.